Hey, Sean. Hey, Jackie. Seems like uh, spring is right around the corner. So uh, what are some steps you're planning to take to refresh and spring to refresh your budget? That's a really interesting question, Grant, given that it's been a bit warm all year and now I'm looking at a little snow falling. (laughs) I don't know if you guys saw that later today, but earlier today. Um, I'm really thinking about going back to basics, just looking at all of the tax documents I had to pull together and finalizing that year-end spending. I'm thinking it's time to reset and renew (laughs) in the essence of spring. (laughs) How about you, Sean? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, to be totally honest with you. I, um, it, it's really just about doing that cleanse, I guess, a little bit and making sure that, um, you know, we, me and my wife and, and kids, we kind of plan out the year as much as we possibly can, plan out the summer as much as we possibly can. But um, ultimately, looking down the road and just doing whatever we can to get in a good financial situation, find ways to save money, find ways not to overextend um, every year. It's always interesting to try to figure out the challenges of each and every year. It's like growing some new plants. I don't know exactly if the seedling is going to sprout or not. So I'm hoping that it does. Perfect example. It's a, yeah, it's always good to come out of hibernation on, on a strong foot. Um, you know, I, I think I'm probably going to take a look at everything. Uh, you know, it's, a it's not a lot of fun to, to go through all your paperwork and, and look at your budget and look at where you're spending, you know, usually around the holidays that gets a little out of control and, uh, you know, getting things back on track and just making sure that, uh, I'm planning for my goals, you know, definitely want that, that summer vacation. So that, that needs to be all in line. Um, especially with, I don't know if you guys have looked at the price of flights lately, they are out of control. So maybe where I'm, wherever I'm going, I'm, uh, driving or, or even walking. So, uh, we'll, we'll see about that. Oh, Grant, we hope you don't have to walk there. You know, we definitely <laughs> we definitely want to make sure you can get there. Planes, trains, or automobiles. So it'll be an interesting time. We'll follow up with you midsummer to see what happened. Appreciate it. Well, we all want to welcome all of our listeners and new listeners back um, to Wellbeing and Your Wallet here at Affinity. I am Jackie Kearns, Chief Brand and Strategy Officer, and it's really a pleasure to be with you all today. I'm Grant Gallagher, Head of Financial Wellbeing and Brand Communications here at Affinity. My name is Sean Lubitz. I'm the Vice President of Retail and Digital Branching here at Affinity. So today we are talking about obviously refreshing your your budget, you know, checking in on your financial situation, making sure that you are in a good place financially to, uh, you know, achieve financial well-being, spring on off into spring and, and have a very nice, healthy budget ahead of you so you're in a good place for the rest of the year. Um, so why don't we uh, go over to our main discussion today. Um, and, you know, let's talk about budget and, and how the, our uh, listeners can improve their financial well-being. I can kind of kick that off because this is something that, um, again, me and my wife have been talking about a lot in 2023. So one of the things that we are trying to do is set limits. I'm, I'm not someone who micromanages my spending, right? That would drive me crazy looking at it. I mean, we have some people who have coffee accounts, right? They have coffee budgets for the week. I can't do that to myself. But what I can do is look at the larger buckets for the year, um, vacation, um, house improvements, um, different toys, things for my children. So I try to look at it from larger buckets and then just try to set those limitations for myself for the for 2023 um, and really just kind of stay within those limits. So again, that's, that's my way of looking at it is uh, trying to, again, plan 
as best as I can and then always allowing a little bit of room for um, the unknown that, or the unexpected, as you'll say, probably in 2023. So does this mean you, you just have like a general fun money bucket? Yes, yes, for okay. sure. Um, yeah, we're hoping to do a lot of home improvements this year, um, as well as take a vacation with the girls this summer, but definitely have that that extra money that we try to put away kind of out of sight, out of mind, um, that we have direct deposited to a separate account that we don't rely on, we don't think about. Um, it's not necessarily geared towards savings, but it is something that helps us as we head into spring, fall, and then even in the holidays at the end of the year, it allows us to kind of have that extra fun money to your point. I think it sounded like it was all fun money, Sean. <laughs> you didn't have this bucket. You don't have that bucket. But you have a lot of fun buckets, which is yes, great to yes. see. High well-being score for you, it seems, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But I think it's an important point to um, – they call it the spring cleaning. And a couple of years ago, there was a famous organizer who came onto the scene, and she was all about these different structured ways of folding even your socks or your T-shirts to get more out of – your space, whether it's closets or drawers or whatever, right? And I was like, wow, that sounds great until you do it like first load of laundry and then you're like, how do you fold that again? (laughs) And I kind of feel like that is the same way with budgeting. I look at a budget and I look to see obviously what is coming in and what's going out. Um, The last couple of months, it seems like more is going out than coming in. So my big organizing tip is really going to be to look at some good Uh, savings accounts, uh, a better checking account, because I right now do not get a lot or any interest on the checking account I have. So I'm actually looking at more help probably from my partners here at Affinity than I have in prior years to see where can I gain a little bit more on the money I do have. And with interest rates rising, right, that's one of the benefits. Unfortunately, on the lending side, you pay a little bit more on the loan. But on the deposit side, your savings, your checking account, you get a little bit more. And I've noticed we have a pretty... uh, a rate almost 4% out there, which is a nice amount to get into my, you know, if I had that drawer or that closet, <laughs> a big portion of that could go into that savings vehicle, which is pretty, pretty much what I'm going to do to organize myself better. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but, you know, and, and, and you bring up a, an interesting point, Jackie, and, and something that, you know, I think our listeners should think of as they're going through their budgeting and, and reviewing their finances is the concept of, spread. And, you know, it's the way that the credit union traditionally makes money, but we're kind of in an unusual situation where we have a lot of members that have had mortgages that they've gotten over the last decade or so and, you know, had phenomenal rates, you know, ever the the lowest rates basically that, that have ever existed on mortgages. And now we're having some decent savings rates. So, you know, one, one thing to keep in mind is looking at those interest rates as you form your budget and form your savings plan and figure out, you know, do I have any debt that potentially has a lower interest rate than what I can get on a return on a, on a savings account or a certificate or something like that? Um, because in, in this situation, and, and, you know, it's sort of an unusual situation, you can actually be better off financially by saving that money instead of paying off your loans early. And, and you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that get kind of itchy, they don't like to carry debt, um, but it's something that you should really consider when you're, when you're looking at that budget is, you know, can I, can I get 4% interest on those couple of dollars versus paying the three, three and a quarter, or the three and a half that, that, you know, I'd basically make, I'm 
using air quotes like you can see me, make um, by paying off my, my mortgage a little bit early or even an auto loan a little bit early. You know, there's a lot of different products out there that, that have those really low interest rates um, because that's the environment we were in for, for close to a decade. Yeah, it's a great point. I think the one thing for all of those of you out there who are listening is the rate, the rate. What does that even mean? As Grant just well described it, it means that there could be more money coming into your savings or your interest checking account, or there could be a lot more going out if you have a variable rate on a mortgage or a consumer loan. Um, most of us out there don't really think about that, but the dollars that go out or come in are really the important part. And I think you just said it well, Grant. There's a lot more dollars to be saved right now. And we haven't seen that in many years. Even our CD products, you know, higher rates, right? Um, business owners out there, better rates on your money market account or your exchange account, whatever you need to use to get more goods purchased. It helps a lot when inflation's as high as it's been to get every dollar or cent that you have on the money that you have with an organization like Affinity or others. Yeah, and I think it's a little bit of a, a change in mentality where you know money has been so cheap to borrow for so long that people have just kind of defaulted to, well, what can I borrow to to pay for things? And, and now you know it's kind of that switch of should be more of a you know what can I save to help cover cover my expenses? And you know, big part of that is building savings into your budget. Um, a big part of that is making sure you have an adequately funded emergency fund. Um, but you know, there, there's a couple of different pieces to that too, where it's like, you know, obviously if you exceed your emergency fund, and unfortunately it does happen with some bigger ones, what can you do to make sure you're well-equipped to get that loan to cover that difference? Right. You know, say you have a, a, an emergency a couple months from now, even if you started with a really good, solid emergency savings plan as part of your budget, you're unfortunately probably not going to have enough to, to cover you know, in just a few months. So, you know, what, what guys, what strategies do you guys recommend to make sure that you have your credit in the right shape to align with all of this kind of renewed, refreshed budget, budget and approach? I'll, I'll say to that, um, it's very, very, very important to ensure that you know your credit score. Um, you know, what's reported on your credit report. So any of the listeners out there, if you have not seen your credit report, or you don't know your credit score at this point, definitely check out freecreditreport.com is something we always recommend. Um, you also could reach directly out to the re credit reporting agencies and they will provide you a copy of that report as well. But it's always really important to ensure that you know what your credit score is and um, what's being reported on it. Like I said, we've run into situations, unfortunately, where people do apply for credit and there is a, a mark on the credit report that either was not them or was something that should have been removed that was not removed. So it's always good to be proactive in these situations and ensure you know what it looks like prior to putting through that application for the uh, the extended credit. Yeah, I think it's also, as Sean, you just said, it's really as a consumer, know your rights. You're allowed to get from those bureaus, those agencies that report your credit, a certain amount of documentation about that each year. It usually is one per agency. Do not spend money on credit repair unless you absolutely know what you're doing and who you're doing it with. It's one of the biggest, most fraudulent operations out there today is to pay up and you get your score up. But a lot of times that's not money well spent. Definitely come to talk to us at Affinity uh, or definitely use your financial uh, provider as a resource there because I've seen one too many team members and friends um, use these services in the past before they really know what they're getting into. And a lot of times 
it's just a way to get you to pay them a fee and they really don't help you increase or repair your credit. Now, we offer free credit counseling here at Affinity. Um, definitely situations come up. I know Sean and Grant, over the time, I always tout this as one of the best experiences I've heard our members have with us. But if you really need help, we're here to really help you. And we don't charge a fee for credit counseling. So just you note that buyer beware is still in play. Um, definitely, there's a lot of you know, I, I would say this, there's a lot of great people out there helping, but there's a lot of cost that you might not need to take on, especially if you're trying to repair your credit. Yeah. And I know with this too, there's, there's definitely a tremendous amount of pride, right. Um, in anybody's financial situation. So I know at least what we see on the front line is sometimes it's, sometimes people are embarrassed to say that they don't have the best credit. They have poor credit or they've missed payments or they've been in a tough situation before. Um, I really encourage you again, just to be, to be open and honest and have those conversations with us here at Affinity, because there's nothing more satisfying than having a member um, or potential member come in, be very open about that conversation, and then watching them progress over the course of six months, a year, three years, four years. Um, one of the, the best stories that came out of one of our branches was we had a member who came in, again, very poor credit, but we were able to get them a secured credit card to help rebuild their credit. Um, a couple of years later, they actually were able to purchase a car on their own. And then this is actually, again, going back quite a, quite a ways, but about four or five years after that secured credit card, they were actually able to purchase their first home. So that's not going to happen every day, right? I'm, I'm, I'm realistic. I know that that's not every situation, but it's always amazing to hear those stories because it is something that we truly care about. And we do want to have those open, honest conversations with you to ensure we put you in the right situation. Yeah. And you, you made such an excellent point. You know, the journey is not one that's all built on failure or all on success. There's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. I think this um, challenge right now for most of us is how do we just make more of our money? If we're not necessarily good savers, we have that fun bucket that Sean alluded to before, but we're not as specifically drawn to every category and know how much we earmark in each little pocket of our savings or our expendable income, it's really a time to, like Grant, you opened with, reconcile what you do have because I'm fearful more of what's outside of our control. And that's sometimes job loss. That's sometimes yep. death of a loved one, right? Those things that come up that no one has the right maybe mindset for because it's an emotional time usually. It happens. But what are you preparing for a little here and a little there along the way. So do you guys have that emergency? I know we've talked about this before, but you know, really, do you have the emergency account? I, I know myself, um, I don't to my level of comfort. There's something there, but I definitely have to be very specific this year to make sure more is there over the course of the year. Yeah. And to that point, it's, it's your needs change over time, right? So it's like, even if you had a good emergency fund plan before, what does it look like now? You know, are, are you, are you in a different life stage? Are you, do you have different financial goals? Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking even of my emergency fund when, when I put it together, it was, it was pre-kids. So even though I, I felt comfortable at the time, you know, it's not factoring a lot of the expenses that are involved with childcare and things like that. So it's like, maybe I need to go back and, and rethink that and come up with a good plan. And, and to that point, Jackie, it's, you know, the, the plan after the plan, is is there additional credit that I should consider to make sure that I'm even better equipped? You know, is it is it getting a home equity or, or getting another line of credit that's just there, just in, in case that I need it? Um, so it, it to your point, I, I I don't think I am fully equipped to to the level of of my comfort, 
but I, I think just really the most important thing is, is to start, start if you don't have one, uh, you know, start small, make it, make it manageable. Um, but you know, be intentional about it. Really, really think about what, what sort of common things that could go wrong are, are in your life. So those little things are covered and then, you know, work up from there, medium, medium to large emergencies you could potentially come across, uh, because that's, that's the best way to, to plan for it. You know, you, you, you can't plan for the unknown unknowns. Think about what you do know and, and, and tackle it from there. Um, none of us, and again, none of this is intuitive. None of us were born knowing this sort of stuff. So if you're uncomfortable with it, if you don't know where to start, uh, talk to an expert, you know, talk, talk to the folks at affinity, talk to the, the, uh, the credit counseling people. They, they all have a lot of background and knowledge and expertise and they see, see these things all the time. So they can go, Hey, did you think about this? Did you plan for this? And you know, it's, it's, it's an eye open, eye opening experience. And, and again, like Sean said, be open and honest about it. Share share your concerns. Share share your goals. Um, everybody has different needs, a different level of expertise, a different level of knowledge. Uh, nobody's going to judge you for it. Where it's it's really we're we're here to help you and and build these things for you. Yeah, and I'll say this too to that point, Grant. I know we talk a lot on the podcast about having that emergency savings fund. Um, I can say this from my own personal experience right? Also being in finance for so long, majority of people don't have that. So we talk about it, but I don't want any of the listeners to think they're behind the eight ball because they don't have that and everyone else does. Majority of people don't have that savings account, right? That emergency fund, but it is something that everyone should have. And I do think to your point, Grant, it starts with just realizing that and then understanding that it might take you a little while to get there, but every little bit counts, right? You don't need $15,000 right now to drop into a savings account, it could start with reviewing your Netflix subscription or looking at your cable provider or your cell phone provider and saving 10, 20, 30, $40 a month. And then utilizing that money and and starting to slowly chip away at that number. Because one thing I can promise everybody is it will feel really good at the end of one year, even if you have that thousand dollars saved. Right. And then continue that momentum as you go through the next year. Um, but yeah, it is not something that I can say that I feel fully confident about that I have as far as just savings available to me. But having that credit available too is also a, a great backup, just in case. Let me ask you guys a question because as you were talking about that, Sean, I had a thought. There's a former colleague who used to love their Starbucks app. And she would preload her Starbucks app with like $100 each time. Now, she loved her coffee, so that did not last very long. But I did read something where Starbucks almost has as much money on balance, meaning they take our dollars and they keep them within Starbucks until we use them. How many of you guys have that kind of prepaid reward? I have it for Dunks. I do because my kids love Dunkin' Donuts, Mm. Dunks as it's known now, right? So like, you know, every weekend they'll get a little donut or they'll get a bagel or whatever. But like, I realized the other day, I'm like, man, I'm like, I, I, I too put $100 on balance with Dunks just the Sunday. And not that that's something I can draw on if I'm in an emergency. Yes, if I'm hungry, which today is an emergency because I am very hungry today. But <laughs> in most days, I can't go there and ask for my money back. But your point was such an excellent one. Think about where you're putting your money before you put it there, right? Yeah. Because it could be Netflix. It could be Dunks. It could be Starbucks. But they're basically keeping your money for you and not the traditional banking way that we're all kind of grown up with, right? Yep, absolutely. And 
I will say I, I don't have, I don't necessarily have apps that I preload, but I do have, um, I'm a Dunks fan over Starbucks. So what I will say is that um, I do have the Dunkin' Donuts app. And with that, at one point, I don't think they do it so much now, but at one point, if a New York sports team won, they would give a free cup of coffee the next day. That benefited me tremendously. I'm not a huge New York sports fan, but I loved every time the Yankees won because I got my free cup of coffee the next day. So there's definitely ways to to save money. Um, again, it just takes a little bit of uh, focus to make sure that you understand what's out there. Um, not everything is just a sales scheme either. I know sometimes we walk into these retailers and it's you know you feel like you're they're trying to push a card or an app on you. But it is really worth understanding what that app is going to give you as far as benefits. Because if you're someone yep. that frequents that store, there is potential to really save some money um, in those situations. Yeah, that that's where I was going with this too. Is it's it's all about what the benefit is. And mm-hmm. I'll admit that I've I've done it a couple of times on Amazon where they'll have a you know reload your gift card balance and we'll give you five dollars. Well, you know, I know I'm probably going to spend a hundred bucks on Amazon in, in a month or two months. So it's not going to sit there for very long. So for five bucks, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, if they weren't giving me anything, I probably wouldn't do it. You know, it'd probably be worthwhile for it to sit in my account and earn, earn a couple dollars here and there on interest. But, um, it's, it's all about that, that reward. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's part of this discussion today for us too, is a lot of the things that I know we're all just said, and we experience every day rewards of keeping your money places is different. It's no longer, you know, when I was little, I would go in, my dad was a banker, I'd go into a bank and see lines of people getting products like toasters or silly things that like they'd give out to a person to open a new account. It was like crazy. And I remember that because they gave me a lollipop just for standing in line and being good. But like there was this give that happened differently. You just mentioned something that's really important, which is where can I work with a financial partner who still gives me something for my money. We talked about rates before, which turns into actual dollars in your account because of interest. But, you know, how about rewards programs like debit cards or credit cards? I mean, I I think a lot of that, especially for my two daughters who are teenagers, but if they're going to spend my money, I want them to get some more money for that money. Right. So what do you guys think about those types of programs? Yeah, from from my point of view, I think again, just understanding what benefits are out there are huge. And I, I will say this, and I've I've said this for a very long time, ever since the card was rolled out here at Affinity. But we have our our Visa signature, our cash back, our cash rewards card here, credit card. It gives an amazing benefit to our card holders. Um, one of those benefits that I know we utilize in my household is the five percent cash back at Amazon all year long. Yep. Um, if any of the listeners are like myself, there's an Amazon package on my front door or by my garage almost every day. Um, and that 5% does add up very quickly. So again, looking at the spending habits, I'll kind of turn my, my eye or like the blind eye to that for a second. But um, getting that 5% cash back is always huge. And again, out of sight, out of mind, leaving it till the end of the year and then being able to um, redeem that cash back for the holidays is something that's always worked out very well for me. Well, and, and you, you kind of set that up perfectly for what I mentioned before. I used my Visa signature to pay for that reload on Amazon. So not only did I get that $5 bonus from Amazon, I got that 5% cash back too on my Visa signature card. So, you know, it's really, it's really important to understand what those different rates are, what those different benefits are on those programs to maximize them. Now, it depends on your level of 
effort that you're willing to put forward. You know, a lot of different cards out there have different categories based off of, you know, what it is that you're buying. You get different point levels. And our, our card cards have, have a little bit of that too, but some of them also have rotating categories, which are good for either the month or the quarter. And, you know, if you're really into maximizing it, you know, there's a lot you can do by paying attention to those categories, but not everybody has the discipline to really go and look those up every month, you know, have a little cheat sheet in their wallet of looking up what gives the most points where, um, you know, so maybe it's just finding a card that covers the most of what you know you're going to spend and then you don't have to really think about it. And that's, that's one of the nice things that I, I do like about our, our signature card is, you know, Amazon is one of those bigger categories. And then we've recently switched over how the rewards program works for, for that card, where it's now based off of your total dollar spend amount per quarter to get a bonus versus the per categories. So for me, that's a big win for my financial well-being. Don't have to think real hard about what card to pull out of my wallet to maximize my points. I know that it's just going towards that overall aggregate amount so I can get that that maximum amount back. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where I really have been reading more about categories that reward you for certain things. I, I remember gas cards. If you all remember, gas cards were one of the first that would say, come in on a Thursday and you get five cents more gas. And if you put it on your you know, Exxon card, you'll get whatever back. So this whole idea has been out there for a long time now, but I, I'm with you guys. I think you have to very much know what you do as a spender, right? Not a saver. Let's talk spender for a second because more Americans are definitely like Sean and I, and we spend a lot more probably than we want to save, right? But we have the, we have the, we have the heart of a saver. We just have the, you know, devil on the shoulder as a spender. And what does that mean? So for me, the last year, I kind of narrowed down. I think I had maybe six or seven cards at one time, a couple of department store credit cards, retailers. Um, you know, I even had a Target card um, for a purpose because I had little kids at home and it was a better saving mode for when they were in diapers. And then I said, you know what, let me look at what's going on here. And I've narrowed it down to two cards, but one's a cash back card and one's an actual rewards card. And why did I do that? Because to your point, what I was putting on those cards were for very different reasons. So know what you do from a spending perspective. The one card probably comes out of my wallet, maybe, or digital wallet, only when I'm booking airlines or that vacation that, Sean, you were talking about before taking with your family. And the other one is my regular go-to if I am charging gas or I'm going into the grocery store or if I'm ordering something from Amazon. And I've lined it up that way, not because I am the best at knowing how much I'm saving, but it makes me feel better to, number one, have less cards in my digital or virtual wallet as well and know what I'm really getting from those providers, right? Because that's kind of the relationship I'm in there. It's, uh, it's with the provider who's giving me more and for what reason. And things change over time and they always will, right? They'll continue to change. Yeah, and I think to that point too, um, it's easier now than ever, right? You don't have to, to your point with the Exxon card, right? You wouldn't have to go to the gas station, get that, you know, probably 10 page paper application where you could get a paper cut. You literally go online, you would do the application and um, you can get approved for these, these things very, very quickly now. Um, what I will say too, is when we talk about rewards cards is for anyone out there listening, it's really also important to understand if you are going to carry a balance or if you're currently carrying a balance, because we also do have our Visa premium card, which is typically going to give you a lower rate than those rewards cards will. So understanding if you're someone who is going to use your card and, and typically pay it off at the end of the month, you absolutely want that rewards card, 
right? Or else you're, re- you're leaving rewards or cash back on the table if you're that person that's paying it off at the end of the month. If you're someone who typically carries a, a decent balance on your credit card, it's important to really look at what interest rate you're paying. And um, again, look at potentially a Visa premium card with us. You could save maybe more money and in interest that way than um, some of those rewards that you are getting back on certain cards. So again, just understanding your spending habits, understanding your credit, um, how you're extending yourself. And then again, what we love to do here at Affinity is make sure that we have these conversations and put you in the right card um, that fits your current situation. That's a really great point, Sean, because you know a lot of people don't realize is that little bit higher interest rate will quickly eat away at any sort of benefit of the rewards card if you're not paying off that balance every month. So it's like the right right card, you know, for your your financial goals, how you how you spend and how you save. Um, it's really important to have that conversation to really understand um, how all those products fit into your financial lifestyle. Um, because you may talk to a friend and they have high recommendations for for a product that they use but their use case and their needs are completely different than yours. So, you know, unless you have a clone copy of yourself that can give you advice for exactly your situation, you're probably going to want to sit down with somebody, go through what your situation is to really understand what is the best card for you to, to maximize those benefits. Yeah. And I would say that carries through the other products that a bank or credit union, like affinity, even, you know, what's the total value you're getting from that relationship, right? Um, You know, long gone are the years that you used to just have uh, transactions. How many things can I do with that bank? It's now more about like, Sean, you're saying the relationship and talking with us, talking to whoever you do use, if it's not affinity and saying, hey, look, I have, you know, X amount that I want to do. And it's for why and how can I get in those vehicles we talked about earlier, whether it's a high yield savings product or an interest che- checking or a money market or maybe investments, depending on your appetite for risk. The other thing I would say, and I think this is important when you were talking about this before, about spring cleaning, right? Who are you getting rid of? We talked about breaking up with your bank, right, in one of the early episodes. But any time of year you can break up with people, especially now that Valentine's Day is behind us, right? You don't want to ever be that person. (laughs) But now, you know, do it. Like, think about it. And definitely um, don't walk away quietly. The one thing that people want to know but they never talk about is the why did you not get what you needed to get out of that relationship, financially speaking, right? So I think talk, even if, you know, hey, if it's us, call us, let us know, or, you know, reach out to one of our reps on chat. I mean, the more we know, the better we can help you maybe stay, or we can help somebody who's coming in next and uh, not make that same mistake again, right? And I know, Sean, I'm looking at you right now because of the world that you kind of lead for us here at Affinity, but you'd rather have somebody tell you straight up and honest, right? What could we do better for them than kind of not say anything and just silently walk away? No, absolutely. Because... Again, the last thing we want to do is put someone in a product or service that they're going to walk away and they're going to have kind of that buyer's remorse, right? When they walk out or they feel like maybe we didn't do our job to the best of our ability because a month down the road, they're they're still frustrated with their financial situation or the product that we recommended to them. So it's always very important just to be open and honest. And we obviously work with the front line very, very closely to make sure that we're asking those questions, right? We, we're not doing it to be intrusive. Um, but we are doing it to get a full picture of your financial situation so we can put you in those right products and services. Um, and again, it, it could be very different depending on, you know, your overall level of financial well-being, your overall level of financial stress. Because if you tell us savings is not your ultimate goal, we're not going to push that on you. Um, if you're telling us that it is rewards and you want to, you know, make sure you're getting the most back on your credit card, that 
that's absolutely okay. So we want to make sure that we understand full picture uh, before we make any recommendations of any products or services. Just so again, when you leave, you tell everybody how amazing Affinity is and send friends and family over so we have the opportunity to do the same for them. Well, there's always somebody that's reaching out to us, right, Grant? Whether it be in our mailbag that we'll cover later or when you go and give financial literacy training to those many out there who need it about budgeting or other ways to find out. So do we have some um, ways that people can do it um, maybe by themselves first and then come to us? Like, are there tools online that you would recommend that, you know, people use to get this budget and that spring cleaning event going? Yeah. So we, we have a lot of different tools. Um, our, our main one, uh, is, is actually enrich and that's the way that you can self teach yourself, uh, about different, financial topics, learn about budgeting, uh, some templated options on creating a budget. Um, but you know, there's also the more automated options out there. There's, there's lots of different apps. Um, you know, I, I can't think of any one specifically off the top of my mind to, to recommend cause they all kind of have different benefits and, and perks. So, you know, I'd recommend just go to your favorite app store and type in budget and you'll get a whole list and, and you can make the best decision for yourself. Um, but the other nice thing is a lot of financial institutions have a budgeting feature built right into their online banking and, and affinity is is the same. So, you know, if you go into our money management tool, you can go in there, it'll categorize your your different uh, transactions, it'll allow you to set budget categories, um, and really do it in, in real time. Um, so you can just have a better eye on on where you're spending. And, you know, it takes a little bit of that manual uh, bean counting out of the out of the process so you you have a better perspective on on a month-to-month basis on just what it is you are spending um because if you know for everything to work you have to keep track of it you have to be paying attention to it you have to know what the categories that things are going into um you know and and if you're constantly missing overspending in in a budget category you need to fix your budget you're you're, you're not doing it right you're, you're so right. I think that there's a couple things that we, I think, Sean, you said this before about subscription services. So I love a good subscription service, but what I also don't do very well is turn it off if I'm no longer using it. So those categories really help. I remember looking at one one time um, on my statement, you know, I was looking at my mobile phone. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize I had that much going towards this category. And then I'm like, why, why would that be? I don't remember going up and buying anything there or doing anything. I had a reoccurring charge. It wasn't even monthly, which I think is why I didn't realize it was quarterly. Oh, sneaky. Yeah. Every three months I was getting, and it was was a pretty decent size, but anything that you have, right? I mean, I'm an iPhone user. I have an Apple account, you know, that happens as purchase. I'm also a Microsoft user. That happens sometimes when, you know, people buy new games that don't tell me about it in my house, you know? (laughs) And um, some of those things, like I said, just kind of are always on. So if you're having a hard time saving, I think, again, it comes back to this whole idea of what are you looking at, how you're spending? And to your point, Grant, keeping a track of that, uh, you know, you definitely could use our budget tool if you have uh, a few dollars with us or if you have a lot of dollars with us, right? So we're free again in that category, but definitely put some of that information into this tool so you can get the most back out of it and know have that knowledge, right, of where your dollars are going. And that gives us a nice segue into our member mailbag where we got the question of what is the best way to stay on track of all your subscriptions, such as Netflix, Hulu, or even random subscriptions that you weren't even sure you had? Um, I know personally it's, uh, I mean, one, searching searching your your, uh, monthly statements to make sure that those random things 
are not popping up on a, on a strange cadence. And, you know, like Jackie said, if you're getting charged quarterly, maybe you need to look at the last three months worth of statements. Um, but, you know, I actually ran across this with uh, Sling TV where I was subscribed to it and hadn't really been watching it. And then one day I looked at it and I'm like, man, when's the last time I actually like opened this? Do I, do I need to cancel it? Well, I went in there and, and it actually had an option to, to pause my, my plan for, for a couple of months. And I was like, all right, I'm going to pause it. And if I don't find any opportunity where I'm like, oh, I need to use this in this period, then I'm just going to flat out cancel it. But what do you have to do? Set a reminder because that's the trick to it. You know, you're always going to forget. You're always going to say, I'll do it later. And then later never comes. So that's what I did. And, and that's actually my, my trick now is every three months is I have a reminder to just look at everything that I have. Uh, a lot of these apps, they track your history. So, you know, if you go into them, you can see the last time you logged in or the last thing you watched, the last thing there. And you can truly see, you know, oh, is, am, I, am I getting my money's worth or am I just, you know, paying Netflix to create new content that I'm not watching? I don't think many of us are in that boat, but, you know, uh, it, it's helpful to understand if you're actually using it. Yeah. One thing that we, we do at my house constantly, and this is a, a great point from you, Grant, as far as reviewing the subscriptions every three months, is I'm sure everybody's in a situation where you click on an, an app on your, your TV and you want to watch a movie, your kids want to watch a movie. It's like, oh, seven day free trial. Sure. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll put our information in there, only plan on watching this movie or two and then canceling it and you never cancel it. And the thing with, with subscriptions is usually that, that individual subscription is not going to, you know, break you. It's $7 a month. It's $10 a month. Um, so it's, it's under that threshold of it really hurts every month, but at the same point, they add up very, very quickly, especially the more subscriptions you have. So don't look at it as an individual subscription either, because it's very easy at that point to say, ah, it's $7 a month. I'll get to it when I get to it, which means if you're me six months later, maybe you'll think about it again, but look at it as a, an overall, what you're paying throughout the month for all of these subscriptions, because if you're paying, let's say $130 and you can drop that down to, you know, a hundred dollars even. That's, that's $360 a year that you'd be saving just in subscriptions. So yeah. that's the one thing I will tell everybody is don't look at it just as a one-off per subscription. Look at it as what are you paying monthly in all of your subscriptions? And then how can you cut that um, down? How can you take a chunk out of that? Yeah, I think it's it, he both bring up such great points. One, the clever marketers out there mm -hmm. have created a way to get you enticed that you're going to want to view whatever it is and then keep subscribing to it. Not always the case, but also um, those other subscriptions that I had fallen into during the pandemic were old magazine subscriptions. Okay. So I would get an email and they're like, and I'm a people magazine reader, advocate, whatever you want to call her. I am that person. I love my people magazine, but all of a sudden every other person in the magazine publishing industry found me and I was like, oh, a $2 subscription to this that auto renews. So I would also add not only the seven day trials, but beware on the auto renewal side of things. The good news as I can see it for streaming services. They do give you that opportunity to pause or like you said, get out of the trial period. But the auto renew is the probably one that I find most dangerous for me because I don't even think about it until I have things like I never have looked at Good Housekeeping magazine ever, but I get it every month and I feel bad when I recycle it, but I do. 
But I've, you know, again, why did I not cancel? Because it just pops up and says, guess what? I auto renewed. So I feel like you have to be a little bit thoughtful on when you're signing terms, right? You say that you accept. What are you accepting and, and why? And, you know, the good news on the streaming services from a, a viewing perspective are pretty straightforward, but there are some other um, areas and industries that are not. Gyms are another one, right? Gym memberships. Oh, yeah. I think I have two that I lived in New York City at one point, and I never probably have even been in them, but they will reoccur once in a while. Or, you know, even subscription services um, like LinkedIn, you know, it may, maybe you don't use it because you're not looking for a job. Maybe you do, right? There's a lot that you have to kind of beware each month that's definitely impacting that budget process for you. Yeah, I've donated a lot to gyms over the years. I say donated because don't attend, don't go. Don't, <laughs> I like that. The donated. idea is there. The well, intent. And, yes. Yes. I, I, I've, I've been donating for a few months now. Any day <laughs> now, I'm going to get up, get up the, the energy to go and, and better my, my physical well-being. Um, but, they, they, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, these companies, they're really smart about playing the psychological side of things. So it's like even when you go to unsubscribe, that a lot of the time it'll, it'll be like, hey, well, you know, hate to see you go. How about half off? for the next, you know, two, three, four months. And okay, that might be enough to, for you to be like, eh, well, maybe, maybe I'll still use it. But, you know, going back to my previous point, are you going to set that reminder for down the road when that half off goes away? Are you then going to look at it again and, and reassess it? Because guess what? Half off of something you don't use, it's still more than you should be paying. That's right. And, you know, and you're, what's value to you, right? Like yeah. I look at it this way. Um, there's a value to maybe Netflix at $10 a month, but it's the same value there at $27 or $30 a month. And that comes back to that budgeting point that you made at the very beginning of the show. It's what is your spend tolerance, maybe even more than how you save. But if you do save, and I know there's a lot of you out there that are saving, what do we have to offer? You know, Grant, I'll, I'll toss it to you around savings because I know there's some really interesting things that Sean and his team can help you with if you need. Yeah, so today's product spotlight is on our Smart Start Savings account. Um, we actually have some exciting news where we recently increased this uh, the initial tier rate from 3.5% to 4.0 wow. for APY, yeah, for the first 10,000 in savings. Uh, this is coming from a previous rate of 3.5, so, and it was only up on the first 5,000. So now you're getting an extra half a percent and up, uh, it's covering an additional $5,000. So this is a really, really great way to build that emergency savings fund, really start to get some some money um, available for you know most of your needs. And, and keep in mind, this is no minimum balance, no monthly fees. It's very, it's 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 a liquid account available for you. Um, you know, some people are are concerned about putting their money away because it might be locked up in something like a CD. Uh, this isn't the case. You know, it's 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 just your your typical savings account that you can access as as much as you need. Um, but it has that unique inverted interest structure uh, that encourages you to get started on your saving journey. Um, with no minimum balance fees, no monthly maintenance fees, um, and you can take it when you need it. You know, it's it's there and accessible when that unfortunate emergency does hit, or when you're deciding to go out and uh, maybe spend some fun money. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Again, as we look at rates increasing four percent up to the first ten thousand dollars, is that's a huge rate in a liquid account. It really is. Um, that is depending on how much money you put in there. That's a few hundred dollars a year in interest that you're going to earn. 
And then again, coupling that with what we were just speaking about as far as subscriptions, if you could save yourself, like I said, that $360 a year, that's a that's a really, really healthy start um, to increasing that emergency fund or, or paying for that weekend trip or paying for that dinner you want to go on. So again, it's not always savings. It could be that experience. It could be going out to that really nice restaurant with your significant other, all for putting your existing money into our smart start savings account paid for by affinity yeah and why i was getting so excited sorry Shannon, to i don't mean to talk over you but i love this product i i think of it as one that gives gives back in any dollar amount that you have and and one thing that i want to say is if you think out there right now that there are not better rates being published meaning you could see them on your phone there absolutely are but read what those products are some of those products are not necessarily deposit products that are insured there might be market fluctuation, meaning your market's actually your money's actually going into the stock market or into some kind of security. Some are based on, you know, things like even gold or, you know, mineral-based. Read, please read what you're getting your money into. <laughs> because a lot of times a higher rate to a lot of people will be very attractive. Yes, it is, but please read what you're getting into. So I just say that with caution because I know a few of my friends have sent me a picture of what they see ads on and they're like, well, why is it this amount? And I said, because it's not a deposit product that's actually secured by insurance. It's something that's not you know, going to necessarily be the same rate all the time. It might just be for a period of time. So definitely know what you're doing. And the other thing that we didn't talk about, we talked a lot about credit cards, but we have a debit product that also gives you money back. You know, in linking that up, you can get, you know, a pretty nice amount back in addition to the $360 that Sean, you were talking about. You might be able to do a little bit more if you use the debit card with those accounts. So definitely know who you're working with, know what those offers are. But I think, Grant, the smart start savings wasn't just to be very, uh, you know, the alliteration was there. It's really because it is a way to smart, you know, start smartly and get more interest up front on lower dollar balances at a secured you know, some in banking, FDSC, in our case, NCUA, insured product. And I keep saying that because I just worry about everyone out there who might not look at the fine print like I used to not look at it until <laughs> until I did. <laughs> and yeah, then I realized. Yeah. That, always important to uh, know who you're doing business with, uh, especially, you know, those folks who invested with Mr. Madoff years ago. They, they can attest to know what you are, where you're putting your money, know who you're getting into business with, because that's that's an important piece of the puzzle and uh you know the the government is not always there to bail you out when the uh things go wrong so definitely consider that insurance side of things and speaking of netflix if you are netflix subscribers you can watch the bernie madoff story and learn all about it (laughs) so you know (laughs) learn about your spending or savings behavior through these programs as well because there is a lot to be wary but we are here to help as well so I think we uh, we covered a lot of ground today, you know, talking about our uh, spring budgeting, talking about, you know, how to make the most out of our debit and credit card spending side of things, making the most of those rewards, you know, uh, just making sure that we're keeping track of all of our uh, subscriptions and, and making sure that we're, we're keeping track of those and making the most there. Um, so I think we did a, a good job of, of making sure that people know what to do to tackle their spring spring cleaning and, and budgeting. Um, any final thoughts before we uh, close this out? Sean? No, I'll, what, what I'll say is, um, and we've mentioned it on a couple podcasts already, but I'm beyond excited um, as we get closer and closer to the opening of our Madison location in Madison, New Jersey. Um, I will say this, hint, hint, we may have additional benefits 
for potential savings or cash back for some of those members that visit us in Madison um, as the branch does open in the next couple months. But again, very, very excited to get into that community um, and add that to the the already growing list of communities that we're, we're having a positive impact on. Yeah, very exciting stuff. Uh, Jackie, any any key takeaways? Oh, I thank you guys for the time again. Those out there, we want to always hear from you. Uh, is a future mailbag or if it's something that is really uh, just linked to this podcast on all the major providers and definitely give us your feedback. We're here at affinityfcu.com and um, Grant's going to tell you a little bit more where else you can reach us. But thank you for the time today. And guys, it's always great to talk to you about spring cleaning or other topics of that nature. So thank you both. Yeah, thanks, you guys. And uh, speaking of the member mailbag, uh, if you have a question or comment for a future member mailbag segment, please send it to Affinity FCU on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag. And as always, you should rate, like, and subscribe for more well-being in your wallet podcast. Uh, you can visit affinityfcu.com for additional information about financial well-being and Affinity products. And have a great day. <laughs>